What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Fitness Disrupted, a production of iHeartRadio. I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted. Why we were born to run and walk. Yes, throwing in the end walk, that is the topic of today's show. One of my favorite topics when it comes to running, and it's going to surprise many of you. And it's probably going to annoy a certain subset of you, the true type A runners. But I'm going to give you the science. I'm going to give you the science and some really interesting science. I love researching fitness and exercise. I'm always learning something new. And I have some great stuff for you when it comes to this topic. And let's just go to the the born to run. I had Dr. Daniel Lieberman on the show, one of my first guests. Dr. Daniel Lieberman is one of the preeminent uh, paleoanthropologists. He's at Harvard University. And the book Born to Run by Christopher McDougall came out of one of his studies. So if you're interested in that, listen to that episode. And I'm going to talk more about Dr. Daniel Lieberman, because it goes to this whole born to run and walk that I throw in, right? So Dr. Daniel Lieberman talks frequently about all the reasons we were born to run from an evolutionary standpoint, from looking at the human body. And what I love is I found this great article that says complete garbage. That's what I love about what I do for a living is looking at both sides. And as I've said on so many shows, most fitness people, most nutrition experts have their bias. 
And all they do is look for information to support that bias. I'm looking for the information, the best information, looking at both sides and saying, where's the truth? Where is the common sense? And what do we follow? So, oh my gosh, such interesting stuff. And this guy who, you know, tried to refute, tries to refute, and I'll give you his his reasoning, the study, or it's not even a study necessarily, the evidence he has that we were not born to run for the reasons I'm sorry, for one reason, Dr. Daniel Lieberman says so, and he has many, all right? But I'm throwing in the walk part, and it's connected to Dr. Daniel Lieberman's work and so many others. And I'm going to talk about Jeff Galloway. We cannot have this discussion without talking about Jeff Galloway. For those runners who are listening and have been doing it for a while, you may know the Galloway method. And Jeff Galloway started this whole run-walk method that, again, annoyed and continues to annoy a lot of type A runners. And I'm going to get into why that's ridiculous, in my opinion, and why it actually benefits you. Okay. It's going to be, I I think, eye-opening to so many of you. And it is one of the main reasons that at 51 years old, 70 marathons plus, ultra marathons, 26 Ironmans plus, you know, I've done a lot of races, but that's not what I am proud of. What I'm proud of is that I'm injury-free, that I'm continuing to do it. And one of the major reasons is that I run walk. I run walk. I mix it in. I'm going to tell you how and why and the science behind it. And for those of you who are starting to run, have been running, can't run, this is one way you can. And for those of you who think you can't run longer distances, this is the way you can. And for those of you who are listening and going, ugh, ridiculous, I do marathons, I want to go as fast as possible, wait until I tell you the results I have received myself from utilizing this methodology. And it's so awesome a topic because it goes to, again, it's ego. It's ego. People don't want to do it. But I'm going to tell you that if you do it, you will do and experience the two things that I'm always trying to get for you. The greatest results with the least likelihood of injury. All right. So when we come back, jumping right into it. Could not be more excited for this episode. Why we were born to run and walk. We'll be right back. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a Day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So let's go back to Dr. Daniel Lieberman for a second. I have become friends with him, listened to a lecture he gave at the Harvard Club in New York City years ago where he outlined all of the reasons evolutionary musculoskeletal, the things we possess as humans that point to the fact that we were born to run. Amazing. And again, we talked about it a little bit. I have to have him back on. Cannot talk to him enough about the science, the evolution of running. And he's a big one into the barefoot running. And we talked about that in the uh, prior episode. But what I want to talk about right now is persistent hunting. So of the many reasons he gives for saying that our bodies were born to run was that we were persistent hunters as we evolved. So what does that mean? Uh, Persistent hunting, I'll read you a definition, right? Is a hunting technique in which hunters who may be slower than their prey over short distances use a combination of running, walking, and tracking to pursue prey until it is exhausted. A persistent hunter must be able to run a long distance over an extended period of time. So Dr. Daniel Lieberman says, this is us. We evolved to do this, okay? that we have physical traits that suggest that we do this, that we did this, I should say, okay? So many different reasons he gives in his presentation, but one again with the persistent hunting is that many animals can outsprint us, right? We're not fast, short, as animals are, but as the distances get longer and longer and longer, we as humans start to catch up. And actually no other primate, as they say, can come close. Okay, and Lieberman says, as we branched off from other apes, we've evolved all of these metabolic mechanisms and thermoregulatory features to persistent hunt. And uh, sweating is one of the mechanisms. We sweat better. We cool ourselves better than just about any other animal. I mean, think about dogs, panting, not really efficient. We're super efficient at that. Butt muscles. I loved when he talked about butt muscles. You know, that is another sign, big butt muscles, that we were born to run. And it's about muscle activation and walking versus running. Big butts, that favors running. And they're the largest muscles in the human body. And they're massive compared to other creatures. Have you ever looked at a gorilla's butt? There's no butt, okay? No other primate has the glutes that we have. And research shows that these glute muscles, essential for running. They give us balance that other 
animals have with a tail. So really cool. But I'm going to stick to the persistent hunting part, right? So we ran after animals and we outlasted them and we tracked them. And that's how one of the ways we ate. That's one of the ways we survived. And that is one of Lieberman's theories, again, on why we're born to run. But here's my take. We didn't run nonstop. We ran and we walked, right? You ran and you walked when you could. And that is why, yes, we were born to run, but we did not run necessarily continuously. We did not go out for three hours at the same exact pace as so many people do when they are training and when they are racing. And that's a really important point. All right. So then let's get to Jeff Galloway. Jeff Galloway, give you his quick bio. He was an Olympian, okay, was in the Olympics and he went on to coach. So was a runner. And I love this because, you know, he has the credentials. Unlike many of the writers who kind of go against or try to go against these theories, he's coached over a million runners and walkers that have read his books. Uh, attended his retreats, his running schools. He's an e-coach, does individual consultations. I actually interviewed him twice for a former show. I will have him back to talk about this in greater detail. But the main thing is he has allowed so many people who didn't think they could run to run. What is better than that? I mean, that is part of what I do too. I want to open up the world of fitness and the things you think you can't do to you. And his methods reduce aches and pains and injuries. So people run longer, run greater distances, run longer periods of time, and they do so without injuries for the most part, right? Obviously things happen, but significantly less injuries. And here's the crazy thing, and I'm skipping ahead, but I have to throw it out there, and you can go faster. You know, Tom, that's impossible. If I take walk breaks, I can't possibly go faster. Yes, you can. I will get there. All right? So Galloway started this way back in 1973, and it's basically implementing strategic walk breaks to help you as a runner control fatigue and, again, significantly decrease your likelihood of injuries. Running isn't bad for you. We were born to run, but we were also born to run and walk. And where do you hear that? And I used to go on these I'm going to leave the the one specific message board for triathletes. And there was also a lot of runners there. And Galloway was constantly bashed, constantly bashed by the type A runner who said, you know, if you're walking, you know, who are these people on the marathon courses? They shouldn't be there anyway. No, (laughs) sorry, sorry. And the great thing, again, is I'm going to get to, you can go faster than those people if you do this. Okay. So Galloway really put this on the map and he has specific formulas that he has evolved himself over the years. And I'll get to that shortly. So run breaks, walk breaks. And some of you may have been in events. You're doing a run, a race, and it could be a 10K. It could be a half marathon marathon. All of a sudden you see someone next to you slow down for a walk. And generally they're going to look at their watch. Oftentimes I've been in races over the decades where you hear a beep. So people will set their watches for these specific walk breaks. And those people are generally doing the Galloway method. All right? And I've been watching people do it for years. I have been doing it myself for years. And when I coached clients, and 
would run with them in training and in the marathons. I paced many uh, clients in marathons as well, half marathons, other distances. We did this as well. And now let me say this. For first-time marathoners, many of them, we just ran straight through because they wanted to mentally say they did that. Okay? And I understand that. So I would have this discussion with them, in other words. I'd say, listen, do you want to go faster? (laughs) Are you mentally able to throw walk breaks in? And many times they'd say, no. I want to run the whole thing straight through, or at least try to. And I understand that. And I would argue that's a major difference in how I approach fitness and everything, is there's no one way, and there's an evolutionary way within your training and racing career, your fitness journey, And I would say to those people, okay, that's fine. But over time, if we continue to do this, I'm going to encourage you for your next one and maybe your third one to throw in walk breaks because they would go faster. But I understand the mental side. And again, that's the differences. Too many coaches say it's my way or the highway, and they don't take the mental, the personality issues and And I get that marathon, half marathon, whatever the distance you want to say, you ran it. Understand that. But then we have that discussion. So let me just backtrack a little bit. So we were talking about, I was talking about Daniel Lieberman's persistent hunting argument theory. And there is an article that comes up when he kind of researched this. And as I said, a person who says garbage. I love this. Uh, and again, he quoted Lieberman by saying, you know, that Lieberman says the best evidence for human engaging in persistent hunting is merely, <laughs> this is what the, the author of the article refuting, uh, trying to refute Daniel Lieberman's persistent hunting theory is that we have merely have physical traits that suggest we could do so. Really? Merely saying that we have physical traits. Um, <laughs> if you study evolution, uh, the traits that we, you know, Darwinian, you know, I'm taking that great new, uh, Uh, a bunch of courses, Harvard Extension on brain and behavior and, you know, deep into the evolution side to start to say that we merely have physical traits that suggest we could do so. Okay, argument, I understand the argument, but it's kind of a weak argument just at the outset. Our bodies literally evolved to keep the traits that kept us alive, that did what we needed to do to survive. Okay, so this is the great thing. So his argument, I'll get to it quickly, is that if we were truly persistent hunters, (laughs) then the animals we killed would likely have either been very young or very old. That's the argument. Because (laughs) they would be slower and easier to catch. Okay? Very young or very old. That we couldn't possibly catch ones that were not very young or very old. And he went on to say that they found a bunch of bones that were roughly 1.8 to 2 million years old in Tanzania, okay? And the bones contained waterbuck, antelope, and wildebeest that had been gathered by an early Homo sapiens group, Homo group, for butchering and sharing among them, okay? And so they were like, oh, this, this author was like, this is awesome. Like, now we can see, were they young or were they old? And the researchers found that most of the animals in the collection were either young adults or adults in their prime. 
Of the 19 animals, they could identify only four were very young or very old. And that is the evidence for this article that Lieberman is wrong. <laughs> um, maybe, <laughs> I just, I can't even go there. Yeah, so that's, that's the argument. That's the argument. Only four out of the 19 they found were very young, very old. So we're, we weren't persistent hunters. Doesn't make sense. It's not the sweating or the glute muscles or the arched feet or the short toes or the wide shoulders or our long Achilles tendons, all the musculoskeletal markers that Dr. Daniel Lieberman talks about when it comes to being born to run and born to persistent hunt over the years. Okay? Little crazy. Little crazy. All right? Let's take one final break and we come back and talk about the mental side of this, and then the most important part for so many of you, going faster. You're going to go faster. I know it's counterintuitive. And then I'm going to finish up with giving you the way to do it. You may be saying, okay, I'm in. I want to try it. How do I do it? All right, final break. We'll be right back. of endless diets and weight loss struggles it's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results introducing smart metabolic burn from brain md your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat imagine burning fat balancing glucose levels and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks this unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula berberine which targets abdominal fat and oea which curbs your appetite with just two capsules a day Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I often bring the mental aspect of all of these topics into the discussion because they have to be. And as I say frequently, that's why when I really decided that this was the career for me, when I went back to study, I study the sports psychology along with the exercise science. Because you can't just have the exercise science. We are human beings. We are motivated in so many different ways. And we have so many issues that are the psychological that incredibly impact our exercise, 
our motivation to exercise. And those discussions are left out quite frequently, A, because the person discussing it doesn't have the experience, the knowledge to do so. And it's so much easier just to go to the simple when the simple is actually more on the psychological side than the physical. So we're talking the mental side. And I already alluded to one part with walk breaks during running is that I get it. A huge goal of people is to run a marathon. You don't, you don't go, hey, I'm going to go walk a marathon. No. So I get it. And so for many people who are doing their first marathon or first half marathon, you're not going to necessarily throw walk breaks in unless you buy in right away. And I'm okay with that. I understand it's a huge goal. But over time, you're going to see the reasons why if you want to do it, if you want to go faster, if you want to do this for a long time, a lifetime, then you throw the walk breaks in. And let me give you one other mental aspect of it that's not discussed enough. When I go out for a long run and I'm getting ready to run across the Grand Canyon and back. And that's going to be roughly 42 to 47 miles, depending on the route we take. And so many people go, that's nuts. I can't fathom that. Of course, it's crazy when you think of 20 miles, 30 miles, 40 miles, whatever. And there are people that run much farther. But my point is that even in training, I never look at it other than I'm going to run a mile. In other words, in my training, almost all the time, not necessarily for the shorter runs, but the, the mid to longer runs, I do a walk break every mile. So in my head, I'm only going out to run a mile. I just did a 14-mile run last weekend. But in my head, when I went out to run, it was, I was going to run a mile. So in other words, you're chunking it in a mentally manageable way. When I've interviewed people like Dean Karnazes and other ultra marathoners who have done incredible physical feats, and you say, how do you do it? How do you run 100 miles? How do you run 200 miles? And Dean said, I'm just thinking I need to get to that tree. I need to get to that marker. And for other people, it's I just need to get to the next mile. So we are attached to technology now. And I look down at my watch and I know that, oh, my gosh, I, you know, half a mile till I get to walk again. And so it's manageable mentally. And this goes to when I do Ironman races and things like that. I don't ever want to know where I am on the course. And I'm going to do a show on that about being in the moment. Being in the moment. Because when you have a huge distance to cover, the last thing you want to do mentally is continue to harp on that. You know, especially when things are going wrong, when you're not feeling good. You know, you're 10 miles into a 112-mile bike ride, and you have to run a marathon after, and you're not feeling good. That's not good. So when you chunk it, when you think about running, and I just need to get to that next mile marker, or I just need to get to 10 minutes, whatever your, your time is on your watch that you are doing your intervals by, and that's two different ways to do it, by the way. You can go by time. You can go by distance. Uh, Galloway is by time, but it generally works out the same way, right? If you're running a nine-minute mile and you know you're pretty close and consistent then you know you're run walking every mile and every nine minutes but there are mental reasons that make it so powerful when you are going longer distances you know those people who think oh my gosh they're training for their first marathon and they got to go out and do a 20 mile run no you're running one mile 20 times and you're not even thinking that you're just running a mile then you're doing a walk break then you're running another mile and you're just in the moment. 
Okay. And that is so, so important. And let me give you uh, one anecdotal, and I hesitated to put this in there, but I have to, because it's just what I've seen over the years. So I need to dig deeper into the research on this, but it's worth throwing out there. You will see, or I have heard over the years, and I have friends who are endurance racers who suddenly have heart arrhythmias. You know, I don't want to get deep into it. Just heart arrhythmias, people who have done a lot of marathons, uh, a lot of Ironman triathlons, things like that. Endurance people. And my total anecdotal subjective, hey, this might be another reason to throw in walk breaks. In other words, I question personally as an exercise physiologist and someone who believes in the evolutionary side of our bodies that we weren't born to bike seven hours at the same pace. So in other words, having our heart rate at the same heart rate to maintain that kind of threshold or sub-threshold pace for extended periods of time because we were truly born to run, walk. I believe in the persistent hunting theory. I believe that we ran and we walked and we covered long distances. I believe Lieberman's reasoning and all the different, you know, physical attributes we have. But I'm pretty sure we didn't do it on a bike for six hours nonstop. Now, I'm not saying I, I've, I've done that. And when I run, I throw in the brakes, but even with biking. So my point is throwing in intervals, allowing our heart rates to go up and go down. We're still covering the distance, people, but we're varying our heart rates. So totally on the anecdotal side. I need to do much more research in there. But here's the thing. Here's, here's how I live my life. And if you live, or I'm sorry, if you listen to this show, you know that I go by common sense. So in other words, the walk breaks are not going to hurt me, but they might help me. That is how I approach my fitness, my life. I look at the science. I look at the anecdotal. And then oftentimes the only thing that's in the way of Making the right decision or the smarter, informed decision is ego. And I'm going to get to that when I talk quickly about my success with the run walking. All right. So that is such an important thing to me. Then that's not going to say that I still, when I train for an Ironman, I'll do long bike rides and it's a little harder. Well, it's not even harder. It's just different to throw in the brakes, but it's just coasting. So in other words, I am someone who doesn't push the training to these incredible long, you know, listen, there's just people who train much more than me and they don't throw in the walk breaks and they don't do the stretching and the strength training and all those things. And I do because at the end of the day, I want to be healthy. I don't want to do anything in the exercise world that hurts me and know that that's always what I bring to you. And that's one thing that really, really gets me nuts about people who are in this business who have no business giving out the information they are. And so many are potentially hurting others because they don't have the knowledge and the experience. Okay, so anecdotal, but that's my theory personally, and I will do much more research in the, in the years to come, but just know that I am someone who, when I talk about a theory like this, I am practicing it. If you live where I live and you see me running, you will see me throwing those walk breaks in. Now, let me be <laughs> completely honest, too. Sometimes I will do the walk break down a side street. You know, I did the, the quick fit tip, kind of tongue in cheek, but not about car sprints. 
So I get the ego thing. So if you're someone who is listening and says, oh, okay, I, I want to do these walk breaks. I'm a runner, but I don't want my friends seeing me do the walk breaks. Then you can time it. <laughs> Listen, again, the difference between me and, and so many other shows and the advice you're going to get. If he goes huge to you and you're outdoor running, you know, you're running outdoors and you don't want to be seen, you know, walk on a trail when it comes time for you to do your walk break. But when we've really evolved and people say, you know, why are you, I saw you walking and you're like, no, I actually was doing a 20 mile run and I walk every 10 minutes and whatever. So I get it. There's ways to work around all of those things. But at the end of the day, I want to be healthy. I don't want the worry of someone seeing me do something that's healthy for me, prevent me from being as healthy as possible, right? Okay, finally, and this for so many of you is the aha moment. You will go faster potentially. Now, let me preface this by saying if you are a Kenyan or someone of that caliber, no, you're not gonna do walk breaks. If you are a two- 40 marathoner or less, 250 or less, you're probably not going to do walk breaks. But let me just leave you with this. And this is my personal experience. And it's what I've watched over the years too. My fastest marathon, my PR, I threw in walk breaks. And let me just preface that by saying for years I watched, if you watch the pros at an Ironman, Every time they go through an aid station, not every time, many times when they go through an aid station, they slow down to a walk and it serves two purposes. They're getting in the fluids. It's kind of hard to run and take in, you know, the fluids and the food. You can do it. Many go sprinting through, but many slow down to a walk, fast walk, take in their fluids, take in their gels, take in whatever they need, and then they start back up again. And these people are running. 240 marathons at the end of a Ironman triathlon. So you can see that in the anecdotal. You can watch the pros. And I always say, watch what the pros do. The people who need to make a living, need to make money, need to do whatever they need to do to win, to get on the podium, to be top 10. So you take the science, and then you take those people. And those people are, well, I was going to say more important, equally as important as the research. All right. So I started doing this. My first sub three marathon, I did walk breaks, Chicago marathon. And it's a walk break every mile. And let me say this, you have to start it at mile one. So they're within a race for it to work. If you wait until mile 10, 15, the fatigue's already there. So if you wait too long, it doesn't work. It's front loading. It's just like breakfast. It's just like everything so much in fitness, right? If you don't do it at the start, you wait too long, it doesn't work. And my first sub three marathon, 259.44, Chicago, 10 second walk breaks every mile. So that is my personal strategy now. And it evolved. I did longer ones, and I'll talk about that shortly, when I was getting faster and when I was slower and still building up. And then I cut it down to 10 second walk breaks. So my first sub three marathon, 10 second walk breaks every mile starting at mile one. And what I would do also, I have to say, is as soon as I see that mile approaching, I got to the side, got out of the way. So that is one thing, totally get it, especially in crowded marathons. The people who start walk breaks just in the middle of the road and just throw on the brakes, that's not okay. But I would always find a way 
and look ahead, look behind, see where I was on the course and get out of the way. And sometimes to be totally honest, (laughs) I would do the walk break at the mile marker and it would be behind the aid stations. Now, I don't recommend that for everyone. If everyone starts doing that, then we have problems. But you get out of the way is my point. All right. And let me finish with my personal experience by saying then a handful of sub three marathons just under with a 10 second walk break every mile. And then my PR 254 10 second walk breaks every mile. And this was a really small marathon that I actually ended up winning. So it was really small. If you have a 254, those marathoners know that that time does not usually win a marathon by any stretch. So super small. And it was also two weeks after an Ironman. And so I went into this marathon thinking, I don't know what the body's going to do. And it gave me my fastest time. And a huge part of that was walk breaks for training and for racing. Now, yes, I'm an experiment of one. We are all different. And topic for another show about how often frequently you can race and all that stuff. When you read an article that says, here's exactly how many miles and, you know, you can do and races you can do, it's garbage. That is like one of the worst articles you could ever read. It's telling you exactly how many times and miles and, you know, you can race. And we are so different. And it's so much as training and, you know, genetics and things like that. So 254, 10 second walk breaks. Now, in truth, I did 24 walk breaks up until mile 24. And then during this marathon, I got to mile 24 and the aid station person said, listen, you're in second place which shocked me. And they said, and the, the number one, the guy who's in first place right now is really hurting. So mentally I said, you know what? I'm, I got two miles left and I put the, I already had it. I did 24 walk breaks. I said, I'm going to run as hard as possible and suffer for two miles. And it worked. And actually (laughs) I saw the person ahead of me struggling about mile 25 and change. There was a huge turn right in front of him. And I said, you know, what? I'm going to sprint by him. I'm just going to hammer as hard as I can. I can see he's in, in pain and we try to break his spirit. And I'm going to have to walk it in because I'm going to literally run as hard as I can past him. And I did. And it broke his spirit. And in the local paper after he said, you know, when that dude blew me away, I gave up. <laughs> so that's a whole mental thing as well. We could talk about uh, for another show. But walk breaks, they will let you run longer distances. They will let you run longer in just years. And when you start to do them correctly in racing, they will let you go faster. All right. Let me totally pull it all together by saying that Galway has changed his methodology. So the way he, if you go research his methods and they're all great and see what you enjoy and work for you, but he has different intervals for uh, training and racing. And that makes sense, especially for true beginners who are really, you know, uh, pushing their fitness levels to run longer distances. I'm someone who believes, though, I want my body to be acclimated to the same exact thing. So in other words, if I'm doing a 10 second walk break every mile in training, I pretty much want to do that uh, in racing as well or racing, I should say, and do it in training. But I also have done a lot of races. So as you progress, the walk breaks will shorten. And let me just give you a simple kind of way to do it. And if you want to try it, there you go. When I used to train clients, we would basically do a 60 second, which is, it seems like a long time uh, when you say it out loud, 
But when you're running a long distance, many times you're like, oh, God, I, I'd, I'd like another 90 seconds or 30 seconds or another minute, whatever. So you're going to experiment is my point. But the newer you are, the longer your walk breaks are going to be. And then you shorten them as you get stronger, as you get faster. In my podcast on running 101, getting started, that's how I got people running longer distances. You are doing the Galway method. To start out, you're like running for a minute or two, and then you're walking for three, four, five, and then you shorten the walk intervals and lengthen the run. And so the same thing if you're utilizing this in my methodology. I have a book called The Marathon Method where I talk about this, but I basically believe 60 seconds, 45 seconds, 30 seconds, and then maybe 10 or 15. So you may run a mile and you may walk 60 seconds. You may run a mile and you may walk 30 seconds. You may run a mile and you may walk 10 to 15. And the 10 to 15, you're walking, you know, moderate to fast. But the fitter you are, the faster your heart rate goes down. That's the true test of fitness, by the way, people. And your heart rate, one of the true tests, how fast you recover. That's why they can put a microphone in a marathon winner's face right after the race. And he's hardly breathing, right? Super fit to begin with and then recover ridiculously quickly. So think about it. Try it in your running. It will make running so much more enjoyable for so many of you, especially as we get older. When I go out for a six-mile run now, and that's pretty much where I'm going to throw the walk breaks in, five to six, but I'll do it sometimes even in a three or four because of all the reasons I outline, and especially the arrhythmia thing. I believe it, and it, the mental part. All of them come into play. It's more enjoyable for me on so many levels. All right, so a mile, 60-second walk. A mile, 45 or 30. A mile, 10 or 15. Up to you. Experiment. The faster you are, the shorter the walk breaks are going to be. The more new you are to running, the longer they're going to be. And that's fine. And it changes over time. There you have it. That was a lot. I've been waiting to do this show because it's super important to me, this whole topic, because I, I believe in this wholeheartedly. And I'm proof positive that it works as well as all my clients over the years. You know, my book, The Micro Workout Plan, has a handful of clients in their success stories. And the one who started running at 50 with me who couldn't run a minute, who went on to become and is still at, in his 60s, you know, sub four-hour marathoner. It was the run-walk that got us there. So it's a mental thing, oftentimes. And again, if you're a 235 marathoner, you're going, Tom, <laughs> you're an idiot. I get it. You don't have to do it. Final point. <laughs> I always have so many final points. When I won that marathon, I'll leave you with this. Perfect way to wrap it up. The guy who ended up getting third came up to me after. This is so perfect. And he said, dude, I was behind you the whole way. And I saw you walking every mile and I still couldn't catch you. And that's the thing. Pretty much ran six thirties, walked 10 seconds and ended up with a 254. And when you throw walk breaks in during a race, you'll notice people don't get much far. They don't get far away from you. And then at the later miles, you're passing them. Enough. I want to hear those of you who want to try it, do try it. Let me know how it works for you. Those of you who totally say, Tom, you're an idiot. Uh, let me know why. <laughs> let me know your reasoning. Uh, thank you for listening. Gosh, I love these topics so much. And 
again, my goal is to have you get the best results. That's it. So I can take you being angry with me saying, I'm not doing it. I'm going to, you can argue with me. Those are the best discussions. And listen, that's what I'm here for. Question me and I'll give you the science and I'll give you the anecdotal and I'll give you the, the resume, right? Because all those things have to come into play. All right. And listen to the show with Dr. Daniel Lieberman. If you have not, and I will be having all of these people on again, Dr. Daniel Lieberman, and I have to get Jeff Galloway back. Please rate the show. If you have not rated the show, rate the show. And subscribe to the podcast. So many great guests coming up. I have waiting. And uh, if you want to reach out, Tom H. Fit is Twitter and Instagram, Tom H. Fit. And go right to fitnessdisrupted.com to reach out to me through the website. Again, I so appreciate you listening. I absolutely love what I do. And I hope that you understand that we have three things that we control. How much we move, what we put into our mouths and our attitudes. And that goes for everything with our health and wellness. How much we move, what we put into our mouths and our attitudes. That's up to us. No one controls that but us. And that is awesome. I'm Tom Holland. This is Fitness Disrupted. Believe in yourself. Fitness Disrupted is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.